Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash this is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden McVeeson. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Ian St. Clair and Nate Kreckman, the guests today. You know them well if you've listened to the show. If you don't, stick around. You'll find out more about them. Front Range 4, four biggest stories on the Front Range. Let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about here in just a sec. CSU hosting Wyoming, a monster showdown in the Mountain West. Avs Red Wings, that's a big game tonight. Broncos' new offensive coordinator talks Drew Locke. And Bill Walton, once again gushing about Nikola Jokic. Just gushing. You will hear the worst Bill Walton impersonation ever. All of these stories I'm talking about either have lines up on Bet Rivers or I'm going to set the lines. Let's get into this right now. The CSU Rams. Man, the Mountain West is fun. Big, big game tonight between the second and third place teams in the conference up in Fort Collins. Rams minus six and a half, 144 is the total. CSU 21 and four. They are 11 and four in the conference. Cowboys 22 and four, 11 and two in the conference. And boy, those two losses to UNLV, they just... They really did sink the Rams as far as you know, winning the Mountain West and, of course, me cashing my plus 800 ticket. I saw it as high as 2,200 to win uh, last night. And somehow, some way, this thing's sitting at around 10 to 1 right now. So if you still think Colorado State pulls off the miracle, go for it. You've got, um, let's see here, Boise would have to lose their last uh, or two games. But the good news is Colorado State has a game against them. And also, Wyoming would have to lose two games, but the good thing is Colorado State has a game against them. So it's a long shot. It's still possible, but the border war continues. Cowboys 22 and 4, 11 and 2 in the conference. So Rams putting their 12 and 1 home record up. Wyoming has dropped out of the top 25. Colorado State, if they would have beaten UNLV, would have been in the top 25. But again, I just don't want to see them in the tournament. Let, let's have three games against Wyoming uh, this season instead of three games against UNLV. I just can't figure out why the Rams can't beat UNLV. It's frustrating. Anyways, uh, the Rams, 39th in Ken Palm. Wyoming has dropped to 48th. The Rams are 31st in net ranking. Wyoming is 38th. So even though the Rams are behind Wyoming in the Mountain West standings, they still have a better resume for the NCAA tournament. I, I even think, you know, if, if CSU missed the tournament, basically they'd have to lose out. They'd have to lose four games in a row. And even then, they still might have an outside shot of getting in there. Uh, so again, 
You've got Roddy and Stevens against Ike and Maldonado. These four players were just so much fun to watch the first go around. Now, what I need to see from CSU before the tournament starts, they need to start shooting the ball better from beyond the arc. They're 10th of 11 teams from three in the Mountain West Conference. And I've been saying to myself, this is all going to come back. It'll even out. It'll get better. And it hasn't yet. So I'd like to see a really nice performance from behind the arc for Colorado State tonight. Here's what I think happens. I'm taking Wyoming plus the six and a half on Bet Rivers. But I also think that CSU wins outright. So I think that the Rams win this game tonight. It's going to be another close game, just like the one up in the Dome of Doom. All Roddy had to do was sink that free throw at the end of regulation, and they win that game, but they didn't. I mean, you talk about a cataclysmic shift in the Mountain West. If Roddy hits that free throw, we're talking about the Rams possibly having a shot to win the Mountain West and in a much easier fashion, especially since they have another head-to-head against Boise. And by the way, Boise last night, that was a fun game against San Diego State. I, I don't think I've said this enough. This is just a blast of a conference. So much fun. I, I'll put it up against any conference in the nation. I'm a big Big 12 guy because I went to Kansas. But the top four or five teams in this conference just beat the hell out of each other. It's fun. Boise held on 58-57 over San Diego State last night. I just, you know, I turned the TV off. I was like, eh, it's probably the last shot that CSU had to win this uh, conference. But again, stranger things have happened. CSU has to win out, and then they have to hope Wyoming and Boise lose at least another game. Okay, let's move on to number two in the front range four. We got a good hockey game tonight. Avs at the Red Wings. No Nathan McKinnon, though. He has a lower body injury. And Jared Bednar said he hopes to have him back for Friday. So before that news, I was on the Avs puck line. That's minus one and a half, minus 115. If you haven't bet hockey before, the puck line is, usually, is, is a goal and a half, and th- usually. And then your team has to win by two goals. If you're minus one and a half, and your team has to lose by less than two goals if you're on the other side of things. Avs money line, minus 295. Why bother? Six and a half is the total here, minus 104. Avs finishing up their four-game roadie. Coming off that 5-1 embarrassing loss to Boston. And the Avs gave up 45 shots to the Bruins. The fact that 40 were saved was pretty impressive. Darcy Kemper probably getting the start here. He has a 927 save percentage and five on five. He's got 5.1 goals saved above expected. That's an advanced stat. That just shows how terrific Darcy Kemper has been this season. Um, The Wings, not great in the net. They've uh, given up the seven most goals this season, 175. Abs offense averaging 3.9 goals per game. That's second in the NHL. So you'd like to see their offense get going again because they've played in the last eight games, five of their games have gone under the number. The only reason why the last one went over was because the Bruins scored five goals. So... Still, uh, five of the 16 unders this season have came recently. Back in December, Avs had that 7-3 win over the Wings. Third straight game that the Avs had scored seven goals. They were rolling back then. 71% of the money coming in on the Wings tonight. 65% of the bets. Big money coming in on Detroit, though. And uh, 88% of the money is on the over. I'm going to stay away. 
with this McKinnon news, but the Avalanche always worth a discussion when we're talking about sports betting here in Denver and in Colorado. Number three in the front range four, let's go to the Broncos. The Broncos, their new offensive coordinator, Justin Outen, talking about Drew Locke. He says he's got a powerful arm. He mentioned his athleticism, and he's doing a good job of using his legs. Uh, basically, since Drew Locke is on the roster, he's going to have to say uh, some good things about him. So just really quickly, setting the lines for the week one quarterback for the Broncos in 2022, I think is almost impossible at this point. I would just put everybody at four to one. Drew Locke is on the roster, so he gets four to one. Aaron Rodgers, the rumors, he gets four to one. A rookie QB, four to one. Jimmy G, you know, Jimmy G and Teddy Bridgewater, I'd probably put it four and a half to one. I think there's a better shot of the other things coming. But I set, I love to set lines just for myself. And this one's almost impossible because the guy that they have on the roster, they don't want to have him as their starting quarterback. The guy that they want to have as their starting quarterback, we don't even know if he's going to play. We don't know if they're going to take a rookie quarterback. We don't know what their thoughts are on that. And Bridgewater's probably not coming back. And who the hell knows where Jimmy G's coming back. So I find it really interesting. If anybody tells you that they know what's going to happen, a quarterback for the Broncos, I don't even think Nathaniel Hackett or George Payton or any of these guys know at this point. The plan is still developing. Okay, last, not least, front range four, Nikola Jokic. So at the all 75-year anniversary, Bill Walton was asked about Jokic again. Now, if you remember, there was a GQ article last year where he was gushing over Jokic. There have been comparisons to Jokic and Walton between the scoring and the passing and the rebounding. I think Bill Walton, obviously... Uh, one of the greatest players of all time, but Jokic has a chance to be better than him. So here's what Walton had to say. And by all means, uh, feel free to tell me what you think about my Bill Walton impersonation. It's a privilege for me. I mean, this is so bad. I, I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to. It's a privilege for me to watch him play basketball. He is Colorado. He is a pioneer. He is an innovator. He's a creator of a new and better path to tomorrow. Maybe that's my Bill Walton is constipated uh, impersonation. He's not a big man. He's a basketball. And this thing just keeps getting worse as I go. He's a basketball player who happens to have a big body. He's fantastic. He's everything you could ask for. All right, so let me read it since that was such a horrible impersonation. I think it's really cool. He is Colorado. He is a pioneer. He is an innovator. Anyways, uh, Walton said he talked with the with the Joker. He said how proud he was of him, how happy he was for him, how he's be, how he's been able to create the life, create the world, and move the universe into a better place. How great is Bill Walton? He is great to watch call a game unless it's for your favorite team. I can just say that. He goes the style, the grace, the elegance, the dignity, the class that he brings each and every day. It's just a fresh ray of sunshine. By the way, MVP odds. Let me bring them up again. Embiid's odds keep going. Whew, more of a favorite every single day. He's plus 125 now. Poor old Joker sitting there at three plus 300. Three to one. Can we please, can, can everybody just say that Embiid's going to win the MVP? Put him down to like minus 150 and get Joker back up to like plus 450 so we can put more money on Joker. And then Giannis at plus 350. Here's what's coming up. Those are all odds on Bet Rivers, by the way. 
Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Got to talk CSU, Mountain West basketball with him. Got to talk a little abs. Got to talk a little nuggets. Got to talk a little Broncos. And then the same thing with my buddy Ian St. Clair, who also wants to talk about the rivalry that the abs and the Red Wings once had. Holden Kushner, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. As promised, our normal Wednesday guest. I don't know how it normally is, but it's actually you are one of the more normal people. Nate Kreckman, Afternoon Drive, Kreckman and Lindahl, 92.5. You can't see this, but boy, does he have the beard. I mean, you got the Stanley Cup playoff beard rolling right now. Hello, my friend. What is the kind word in your world? You know, I'll take abnormal guest. That's fine with me. That's okay. Okay, Mr. Abnormal Guest. Uh, (laughs) I guess that's what we're going to roll with. So let's talk about this here. A CSU taking on Wyoming. Yep. You are Mr. Mountain West. You do broadcast. First of all, before we even do this, I want to give your resume for the Mountain West, and then we can talk about it. Give us your resume. What are you doing for them? You do shows. You do play-by-play. Tournaments coming up. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I do all of that. I do play-by-play for the Mountain West Network, uh, which is you know the, the video stream of many of their games. Um, I'll have six games coming up tournament week. I run the Mountain West Radio Network which we do, you know, like a twice-weekly basketball update kind of thing. We do a football show during the season. Um, yeah, so if, if there's uh, if there's things to be covered around that league, I'm the guy that does it. So that's wonderful to know going forward. So let's talk about tonight's game, man. Yeah. If UNLV, <laughs> CSU just could have beaten UNLV one time. Mm-hmm. They'd be in the mix for this conference championship. It's probably not going to happen now, but let's talk Wyoming. No Dome of Doom. They, Rams should have won up there. F- the free throw rimmed in and out for David Roddy. Yep. What do you see tonight? This line is six and a half, 144 total. That's a big, that's a big number. Uh, that's a really, really good Wyoming team. And uh, there's a matchup problem here with, with Graham E.K. David Roddy is, is special. And I was looking today, actually, an ESPN mock draft had him going 37 overall in the NBA draft, like a high second-round pick. David Roddy is going to be a nice NBA player um, and a good 3-and-D wing. But Graham Ek, there's no good matchup from CSU on Ek, who 
I think is the player of the year in the Mountain West. If I uh, had a vote, actually, I do have a vote. Um, I, I will give it to to Graham E.K. right now as I sit here on February 23rd. So, yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at right now on this whole thing is um, I, I think six and a half is a big number. I think Wyoming is tough. I think that this is a rivalry matchup. I can't wrap my arms around CSU tonight. I, I like Wyoming in this game. I think CSU can win. I just think six and a half is a big number. But this is just this is an absolutely fantastic game. CSU needs to answer after they got blown out by UNLV last weekend. That's a bad loss. Wyoming had a bad loss last week as well against New Mexico that dropped them out of the top 25. But things happen in, in conference play, and the pit in Albuquerque is a tough place to play. So I like Wyoming tonight, but this is a great game. This really, this league has been special. We had two great games in the conference last night. Um, fun, fun league where, you know, you're talking about, you know, possibly four at-large bids, four teams that are up for at-large bids right now in the Mountain West between Boise and Wyoming um, and CSU and San Diego State. San Diego State losing a heartbreaker last night at Extra Mile Arena in Boise. And, and then you look at a UNLV team, which is solidly the five seed after they won in Reno last night. And UNLV, they, they could win the tournament. They're good enough to win the tournament. And they got they got a special player that I that I think is uh, is potentially an NBA guy in Bryce Hamilton. So um, there's there's a lot to like going on in this league right now. Uh, and thank you very much for getting me on Arizona on uh, Air Force earlier in the year. Yeah. But now they got their butts kicked yeah. last night. But I had the under. Yeah, yeah, they. I had the under in that one. Now you got, you had uh, what? Then the Nevada game, you won that bet. I was, right? uh, yeah, I was on UNLV plus three and a half last night up in Reno. Uh-huh. Those are good. <laughs> they just they got a lot of talent. Um, they're very three point dependent, and some nights it doesn't fall. But when it does, they can beat anybody in the league, and that's the kind of team that's really dangerous. At tournament time, they got dynamic scorers. So that was a great UNLV win last night. Um, I was on San Diego State. I bet that live last night at plus two and a half, um, 58 to 57. A couple of clutch free throws at the end got that victory for Boise State. And ACOT hit a huge three in the final minute of that game uh, to give them that win over San Diego State. The Aztecs continue to just sort of be what they are. They're long, they're athletic. Um, but they can be offensively challenged at time. They lack really good shooting. Um, but yes, I was actually I went two and zero last night on the league on the on the two games that I liked. Well, I gave the one play that I that I liked and that one hit. Unfortunately, took San Diego State on the money line. I thought they that was just a gut wrenching loss. Yeah. And then I had Nevada going in, uh, hedged it with a plus nine and a half in the game. But who the hell cares right now? That's over. Uh, tonight, then I'm on. CSU money line, but I'm not betting it at minus two something. So let's take Wyoming plus the six and a half. CSU is going to win this game, I hope. Yep. And in all likelihood, they're in trouble when it comes to winning the conference. How much Colorado have you watched? I'm starting to really pick up on this team too in the Pac-12. They're going to be good next year. Yep. Freshmen's playing well. They've got... To, I'm really buying into Colorado. I think they're a tournament team again next year. They're playing better basketball right now. They'd have to win, what, the Pac-12 tournament to get in, in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. What do you think of CU this year? No, they look, man, they, they've really come on of late. And it's in some ways, it's it's sort of not surprising 
You know, this was a team that lost a lot of leadership last year. You were going to push Jabari Walker up into a into maybe a little bit of a bigger role than he was prepared for, but he's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, he, he's just been terrific. They won five games in a row. And look, none of those three teams that they beat on this last road trip, Oregon State, Cal, or Stanford, none of them are great teams. But still, a 3-0 and road trip inside your own league is really, really impressive. I give Tad Boyle um, an, an awful lot of credit for what he has done. Jabari Walker is almost a double-double guy right now. Um, he just he continues to grow as a player. Here's my question on on CU. I don't and I don't know if I brought this up on on your city cast or not, but Tad Boyle has has been at Colorado uh, for for a very long time now. Okay, and Tad Boyle has done marvelous things with that program. Uh, he really has. But this this is twelfth season now at uh, up at CU. He's, he's almost 60 years of age, and there's a coach right now up the road in Laramie, Wyoming, by the name of Jeff Linder, a guy who went to Centaurus High School uh, in, in right outside of Boulder. So, so he's from the area, the guy who coached in northern Colorado, a guy who right now has the, the two best players in the country from the state of Colorado and Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado. And I, I got to tell you, man, if I'm Rick George and I'm CU, I got to be monitoring this because Linder's not going to be at Wyoming for long. And his profile is so perfect for Colorado. That this, again, you, you can't fire Tad Boyle because he's done so well at his job and he loves his gig and it's his dream job and he's fully committed to CU, but also he's been there a while. Is, is there a way to, to just kindly nudge him into into a retirement and um, and and bring Jeff Linder to the University of Colorado? Because I, I think that's a guy um, that could work wonders with this program, and I think it's just an absolutely perfect fit. I think you give Boyle another year, just given how this young team, I think, continues to yeah. roll. Yeah. Wyoming, for him for him to leave Wyoming. Fire Tad Boyle. He's not done a bad – he's done a great job with that program i just i well, think that there's another step there from 12 to 16 he got him to the tournament what every year but one yep and he got him back last year and i think the way he's built this team he probably gets him back next year and then as far as leaving wyoming doesn't wyoming have to win like at least probably get to the second weekend and maybe even to the elite eight to 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 have to be in a search for a new coach right i mean how much in demand right now is he? I I think people are gonna like Linder. I really again, he, he's winning at Wyoming right now, which I know Larry Shiat won at Wyoming as well. But it, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, he did a great job at UNC. He took the Bears to the tournament. Um, he's also got that that line on his resume. Does Jeff Linder? It's it's one of the most impressive resume lines of anybody in basketball in the world. That is the man that recruited Damian Lillard to Weber State. That's that's a win for you right there. That, right. that looks really nice on a resume. That's this is what I'm saying. Like I don't know how much longer Tad is going to stay at CU, but Jeff Linder is such a perfect fit, and the timing may just be wrong, and he'll move on to another big gig, and CU could miss out on a perfect fit. 
after this year he moves on? I don't, you know, I don't know how quickly it's going to go. You, I mean, you know, this whole the, the the coaching carousel in college basketball spins fast. It, it goes, man. Yeah. And, and if you are having successful at the mid-major level, Power Five conferences are always looking at you going, we need to get in on some of that. And having guys that are elite recruiters in this area of the country, some of those guys can be a little bit hard to come by. That, that's, that's, again, everything is about fit. Like, Nico Medved's killing it at CSU right now, and he was on Miles' staff forever at Colorado State before he took his head coaching gig and came back to Fort Collins. But, again, how is this going so well right now? Absolutely perfect fit. Look at the University of Utah. They, just, they pilfered Craig Smith from Utah State. Again, get a guy that knows that area of the country, and you jump all over it. That, that's what's so tricky is, like, East Coast guys, they're a dime a dozen in this sport. West Coast guys, and particularly mountain time zone guys, even more so, um, can be really, really tough to come by. You know, you got to be you gotta be looking at a lot of situations. Maybe Boise State's going to be taking a look at Linder. He was Leon Rice's assistant forever, lead assistant forever, so he knows that league inside and out. Like, there's... There's a lot of different places that could be attractive to Jeff Linder beyond just being in Laramie, Wyoming. And I I say this as, look, this is what I know about Linder. He's not looking to hop. He loves it up in Laramie. Huge fly fisherman. Like, he's, he's happy as hell up there in Wyoming. But also we know these guys always want to get to the bigger gig, get the bigger paycheck, and get an opportunity to get themselves in the tournament annually. All right. Well, uh, I, I did not expect to have that conversation. Yeah. I'm glad we did. Yeah. I'm glad we did. I, I All right, let's move on, though. Um, I'm going to let you pick. You want to talk a little Avs or a little Broncos? Which one's next? Um, the Avalanche uh, in Detroit tonight. No Nathan McKinnon. Pavel Francouz is in goal, but uh, they're saying minor lower body injury for Nathan McKinnon. Look, they got their butts kicked the other day in Boston. Who cares? Who cares? 11 a.m. puck drop on a Monday. Who cares? Uh, they'll win in Detroit tonight, and then uh, the Avalanche will be the train that just keeps on rolling. Broncos, uh, in my opinion, they should try to acquire Aaron Rodgers. He's <laughs> going out on a limb. Well, listen, listen. They had to ask um, Outen, the new offensive coordinator about Drew Locke, right. and he said, he mentioned his athleticism. He does a good job of using his legs. I'm trying to set the lines for the week one Broncos quarterback, yeah. and I think Drew Locke, Aaron Rodgers, a rookie QB, probably all the same chances to me. Uh, is there, a, in your mind, is there a better shot of Aaron Rodgers or Drew Locke starting week one for Los Broncos? Oh, man, I'll give a slight nod to Locke. Um, but that, what I said yesterday, that, that was a tepid endorsement, man. That was, he's got an arm and he's got legs. Like he has appendages on his body, uh, was, was what was acknowledged yesterday yes. out of that offensive coordinator. This is not a coaching staff that's rolling in the door. Just, just fired up over Drew Locke. Hell, I think there's a chance Teddy Bridgewater could be back in a Broncos uniform this year. George Payton likes him. Um, he could be a good fit in this system. He's absolutely nothing special, but 
It, last week we were going over it. Greg Rosenthal does great stuff for NFL.com, and he yep. has, you know, his final quarterback rankings of the season. Then he had Bridgewater at 18, which is like almost exactly what we talked about going into the season. Of like, if you could get just you know like sort of league average quarterback play out of Teddy Bridgewater, maybe things will be a little bit better. Um, they weren't because Pat Shermer was a terrible offensive coordinator and just having league average offense wasn't enough and Vic Fangio was trying to shorten games as much as he possibly could thus teams weren't scoring as much but the Broncos weren't having as many possessions so yeah put it all together and it was just this gigantic pile of average that look man they know they need to do something splashy at quarterback Rodgers is the play I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to move or not Carson Wentz doesn't do anything for anybody I think it's going to be a veteran a rookie and Drew Locke. That's what you're looking at is your quarterback room, and that's sort of the Mad Lib that you fill out. Who is the veteran? Who is the rookie? And then, well, Drew Locke is Drew Locke. I assume Drew Locke is Drew Locke with his arm and his legs, uh, both of which he has. Better shot at this. Who who should have the better odds at the starting job? Should it be Drew Locke, who I have at plus 400, or Teddy at plus 450? Give it, uh, yeah, you're probably right right there, only because Locke's under, under contract, but the moment that if Teddy signs back with Denver and you'd be looking at like, I don't know, like two years, 38 million, 20 million guaranteed or something like that probably would be the market on Teddy Bridgewater. He's your starting quarterback. The moment that he signs back with Denver. All right. Last thing for Nate Kreckman here, and it might take a few minutes. Oh yeah. We're both baseball guys. Sure. We're both baseball guys. And you, you on your Twitter handle, we're talking about something that the Rockies front office was talking about. You and I need to talk about this, this lockout, this work stoppage, but just start with the Rockies here. What the hell is going on with this franchise? We seem to say this every year. Once in a while, they get they get lucky and find their, their way into a wild card game, right? But Bill Schmidt comes out and says what? That he's talking about draft picks? Okay. Saying we draft and develop? Yeah, here, here was the, the quote. Um, I screenshot it and I put it on Twitter today. This isn't a new quote. I've heard okay. this quote before. I've lost my mind over this quote before. Okay, but but Bill Schmidt is the the general manager of the Rockies. Okay, hired from within because they all get hired from within. And uh, my buddy Nick Groke, who covers the Rockies for the Athletic and and does so, he, he's fantastic. Um, Nick Groke put this quote back out today. Here's from Bill Schmidt. Quote: We're not the Dodgers. We're the Colorado Rockies. We scout, draft, and develop. Close quote. The, the thing that makes me insane about that quote is um, you're not the Dodgers. And he says, we scout, draft, and develop as though he's – aren't you insinuating when you say that? Well, that's not what they do. They just, they just buy players. That's what they do, uh, which is absolute BS. Because they, they have the best – lie yeah. that he is telling to his fan base. Maybe it's just a flat-out lie he's telling him to himself. I don't know. I think that's what it is, Nate, because they have the best uh, developmental yep. system in baseball. The best. The, the best. best. And the money. Yeah, and the money. But here's the thing that we know about baseball, Holden, is you you cannot buy a champion in that sport. You, you flat out cannot. Correct. Anybody that tells you that is lying, okay? You cannot do that. You used to be able to. You used to be able to. You the Yankees. anymore, okay? The, Correct. The, you build a champion um, with your... Your your pre uh, your, your club control guys. That's how you build a champion. And you also have to work on the margins, okay, to find star players. 
And the Dodgers do all of those things. They draft better than the Rockies. They scout better than the Rockies. They develop better than the Rockies. That's why um, they have produced the likes of the uh, Cody Bellingers and Walker Buehlers and Corey Seegers of the world and, and Will Smiths of the world um, o- over this last decade that have all been key pieces of, of a championship organization. They, they went and found Justin Turner and fixed him. They went and found Max Muncy and fixed him. They went and found Kenley Jansen and fixed him. Like, all of these names that I'm bringing up right here, anybody in baseball could have had these guys. The Rockies could have had any one of these dudes, and they wouldn't have had to pay a dime to have any one of them. But the Dodgers are smart. They are visionary. They are efficient. They know exactly what they are trying to do. And you can take talented baseball players um, that may be amiss in their development, and you can fix them, and you can work. That's one of the biggest things is you can work your butt off to fix these players and the Dodgers have done all of that that's why they're better than you okay that's why they're better than you and and again it's it's a well Dodgers spend money we don't you spend money on Nolan Arenado and then you paid the Cardinals 50 million dollars to take him away from you because you didn't want to pay him any more money so yeah quotes like that just they make me nuts and I they're bad faith I think that uninformed media members and homers Want to, want to jump on stuff like that and be like, yeah, he's right. The Dodgers are buying championships. It's crap. It is a load of crap, and I cannot stand the excuses that this organization makes for their failures. It's it's a, it's one of the worst situations in baseball it out is. here, it to is. be honest with and you. By the way, it stinks. You know, you know who's leading the charge for the, uh, for the owners in these labor negotiations? Dick oh, Mon. boy. Dick Mon. Oh, boy. Well, the lockout could, but there's not, there's no better way to spend a summer day than heading out to uh, Coors Field, unless you're sitting right in the sun on a hot day, and then it kind of sucks. Yeah, you but, gotta find the shade, but uh, gotta find the shade. Yeah, you, you find the shade. That, I mean, that's the other thing is anybody that's out of market that's listening to this man, like Coors Field, Chef's Kiss, perfect baseball stadium. Oh, perfect. it really is. Yeah, <laughs> it truly so is. It doesn't get talked about enough, especially when you got the seats where you can see the mountains. Okay, so I said April 15th for opening day. Over, under. Later. 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 Yeah. Wow. I think there's going to be a dig-in situation going on with, uh, with the owners, and I think the Players Association uh, would be absolutely right to push back opening day. Um, and, and not risk injuries with their guys. So I'm, I'm going to go later. That feels that feels too optimistic for me. Hopeful. Uh, I would love that, but it feels too optimistic. All right, plug everything, my friend. Uh, Crackman and Lindahl Show, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 in the afternoons. Um, two to six. We're off at five o'clock today because the Avalanche play uh, in Detroit, and that's the East Coast time zone. So, yeah, we're off at five today, but uh, typically four hours, two to six, and I'm on Twitter at Nate Crackman, and yeah, that's where you can find me yelling about my anger at the Rockies front office. All right, you're not sick. I hear the family's not sick, so just take solace in that. Take solace in that. It's nice. All right, my friend, Nate Crackman, always welcome here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Our other Wednesday guest, Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. A lot of abs talk with him next on the show. 
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday, so that means Ian St. Clair is hopping on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We've got a lot to talk about today. CSU hosting Wyoming tonight. We've got the Avs and the Red Wings, some nostalgia from my man Ian. Uh, also, the Broncos, new offensive coordinator, talking about Drew Locke. Talk to me here, buddy. How are things going in your world? You can't see this, but Ian St. Clair has this beautiful avalanche hoodie on again. Hoping to bounce back from that 5-1 law. I don't know. What the hell happened to them against the Bruins? Talk to me. That It was a little bit surprising. I mean, just because of how good they've been since November. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, it's really the first shellacking that they have, they've suffered since they played the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in early December. So, I mean, they've been consistent. Now it's whether or not they can get back on track and, and put that tough loss to Boston behind them. And I, in a sense, it's not surprising because teams know that the Avalanche are the best team in the NHL. So they want to up their game every time they play the Avs. This is their chance to show, hey, we can play with the big boys. So I think that's what Boston did. And they are playing in Boston. So in that sense, it's not surprising. But I'm curious to see how they respond to their first big loss since December. It will be interesting. Yeah, I guess we were going to – I was going to talk about CSU first, but you're so passionate about the Avs that I have no problem doing this. Let's go back in time here, okay, because I have the Avs minus one and a half. I got them on the puck line tonight, minus 115 at Bet Rivers. Hockey Holden, I guess. I'm getting into betting the hockey here. We better be good by the time – Stanley Cup playoffs come around because the, hopefully there's going to be a lot of Avs games. But take me back. You and I were discussing the 1990s robberies. You said mid-90s through early 2000s. I just go back to the 90s, and I know it came on a little bit late. Um, I had a college roommate from Gunnison, or a friend from Gunnison, who rented a whole house. His family was totally rich at the University of Kansas. And we used to go over to his house to watch the Stanley Cup playoff games. And every game that he would have on would be the Avs. So I got a chance, actually, to watch a lot of those series. You had McCarty just laying out Claude Lemieux. I remember that. You had Patrick Waugh, Sergei Fedorov. What do you remember from those rivalries? Because I will put that right up there with the Knicks and the Bulls and the Cowboys and the Niners. And probably better than the Cowboys and the Niners because these teams met so often. I would put it as the best in all of sports because they weren't just playing great games and great series. They were playing for the chance to win the Stanley Cup. And the winner of that series between Colorado and Detroit throughout the, the early two, the mid nineties and into the early two thousands, whoever won that series between Colorado and Detroit, especially if they played in the conference finals, that team went on to win the Stanley Cup. So it wasn't just the bad blood it wasn't just the emotion. It was with was it was with what was at stake, and how good those teams were. If you go back at the 95-96 season, 
Detroit had 62 wins that year. They were the best team in the history of the National Hockey League. And this upstart Colorado Avalanche team playing in their first series, their first season in Denver beats them in six games and goes on to win the first championship in Denver sports history. So, I mean, it was just, it was a remarkable rivalry to witness, to be a part of, to watch. And I mean, looking back on it now, I, I still hate the Red Wings with a seething passion as much as I hate the Raiders. And it's just, it, it's fun to look back on. And and the great players, you, you listed them off. And I mean, Detroit had had those, the Russian line of, uh, Slava Kozlov, Sergei Fedorov, Kriva Krasov, all those guys. And then Colorado had Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Adam Deadmarsh at the time, Adam Foote, Patrick Waugh. I mean, it was just a who's who. Uh, and then, of course, you have Claude Lemieux and, and Darren McCarty. Uh, breaking news here, and again, people will be listening to this later in the day, but no Nate McKinnon, no Nathan McKinnon tonight. Lower body injury. Bednar says he's hoping that he'll be ready to go on Friday. So let's talk about this now. What about this team without Nathan McKinnon? They had a lot of success without him. Offense went through a little bit of a funk there. Uh, talk to me. You still feeling really good about this Avs team on the road at Detroit without McKinnon? I think Detroit is tough. I mean, obviously, it's not Joe Lewis Arena anymore, but it's still a tough place to play. And they're still going to be the inklings of this rivalry. I don't think either of these franchises like each other. And it's not going to be easier without Nathan McKinnon, but they've they've been there and they've done it before. The thing that I really need to see, and I've said this before, I'm, I'm going to beat a dead horse. They need to get third and fourth line scoring. They need to get consistent contributions from their third and fourth line, even if it's not scoring. They cannot be turning the puck over in their own zone. They have to be able to get the puck out, and they can. They need to be reliable. They need to be something that Jared Bednar can rely on in key moments to give Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, Miko Ranton, and those guys a breather, especially come the playoffs. You need to have depth in terms of scoring, in terms of performance, in terms of key moments to make a run in the playoffs. And I don't know if the Avalanche have that right now. So that's what gives me pause. I think in this game against Detroit, they should be fine. They're going to want to come out and, and put that loss to, to Boston behind them. But I've said it before to you, that's going to be what gives me pause on this team. They'll make a deal. They have to make a deal. Sackick yes, knows they, they have to make a deal. They absolutely do. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Okay, let's move on. We got CSU and Wyoming tonight. Uh, I think CSU wins this game. I think Wyoming covers. It opened at six. It went to seven overnight. It's sitting at six and a half. Total is 144. Unfortunately, that second loss to UNLV just knocked CSU out of any chance of winning the Mountain West Conference. That was, a little, that, that was devastating to my plus 800. But with that being said, border war here, I have a hard time thinking CSU gets swept by Wyoming, especially the way things ended in the Dome of Doom in overtime. Yeah, and you mentioned the Dome of Doom. Ryan Thorborn had a great story in the Casper Star Tribune about the return of the Dome of Doom. And anyone who hasn't been to the Arena Auditorium in Laramie, when it is rocking, it really is the Dome of Doom. It is loud, and those fans are incredibly passionate. I covered Wyoming sports for close to seven years up at the Wyoming Tribune Eagle in Cheyenne. And the border war is special. And the fact that we have two good teams now in terms of college basketball, because the football teams minus an anomaly here and there haven't really been that great. To have this kind of 
emotion added into the rivalry. I mean, going back to Detroit, Colorado, this is a big game. You mentioned the last time these two teams played up in Laramie, the Pokes eked out a win. Now CSU wants to get back to their, they want to give it back to their rival. They're going to be playing at home at Moby Arena. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud there too. It's it's going to be a fun game. I, I'm with you. I, I don't think the, the line is too good for Wyoming. I would probably jump on that. I think that's good value for for the Pokes. But I do think CSU is going to come away with a win. I think they're going to need to to step up and and play Rams basketball if they want to get this win over the Pokes because it's going to be a very good basketball game. Again, if there's a blowout here, well, again, I guess this is the first time I'm talking to you about it. If there's a blowout here, I'd just be absolutely shocked. Agreed. And from that, I, I just I can't imagine it, to be honest with you, unless CSU gets their three-point shooting. Yes. In line, they have really, really struggled this year. They're tenth out of, they're tenth in the conference, right? Out of eleven teams, uh, from three this season, and I think that's the one thing that's holding them back. And they're better than that too. It, you would think after all this time this season that that kind of would have leveled out. It hasn't let. It hasn't yet, and that's a bit concerning for them as they go to the NCAA tournament. With that being said, yeah, how how does Wyoming not? keep this thing close and you got just some wonderful so Roddy and Stevens EK and Maldonado this is a blast this this whole series is a blast I hope we see them again in the Mountain West Conference Tournament I don't want to see UNLV again I would like to see these guys again though oh absolutely I I mean the, the board of war is fun I mean it, you talk about two institutions that do not like each other the fans do not like each other there, there are obviously chants up in, in Laramie whenever the Rams show up that are not safe for work type of chants or signage for that matter. It, it's a fun rivalry and to have two good basketball teams is what this is what the region needed because we I just mentioned it the college football in this state has not been good for a long time. So to have this is a huge sigh of relief, especially with how bad the Broncos have been, the fact that we can't, we still can't watch the Nuggets and the Avs. So this is huge, and it's going to be a fun game. And I would love to see it at the Mountain West Conference Tournament because yeah. both teams are so good. And I will say, the I think the only way this game gets lopsided one way or another is if one team comes out incredibly hot, whether it's the Rams or the Pokes, and they're just draining their shots from outside and they get a, a huge early advantage and get the other team back on their heels. That's the only way that I see this being a lopsided game. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be close from the jump to the finish. Mm, I am so looking forward to this tonight. I half hope my girlfriend comes over and I half hope that the roads are too bad so I can just focus on this game and not have to watch it at one in the morning. I mean, I got bags under my eyes right right now. I've just been staying up watching all this college basketball. I watched Boise last night and San Diego State. I, I tell you, I am I, I'm locked in on the Mountain West. It's not going to be this good next year, but I'm going to put this right up there as far as excitement goes. I'll put this up with any conference. In all seriousness, any single conference. I watch a ton of college basketball, Big Twelve, Big East, anything big, Big Ten. All of them. I'd rather watch this in the Pac-12, be honest with you. Oh, There's so many good teams, like five legit really good teams, and four are probably going to make the tournament. Yeah, which is incredible. I mean, it, 
and you think about the disparity between how good the college basketball playoffs are compared to college football and the, and the college football playoff just came out and said that they're not going to adjust it from four to 12 teams. It's going to stay at 12 until what, 2026. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the fact that there's going to be four teams from the Mountain West in the NCAA tournament is pretty cool. And I, I think it's going to add to excitement across this region. I, I mean, I, I've told you before, there are a lot of Wyoming fans in Colorado. There's excitement around the Pokes. There's excitement around CSU basketball. This, this, is a, this is a hell of a run for the Mountain West in terms of basketball this year, so enjoy it. Yeah, it is. Hey, let's take a quick break. I want to come back, talk to you about uh, Justin Outen, the new offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator with the Broncos, talk about Drew Locke. And then I don't know if you've heard this, Bill Walton just gushing on Jokic again. It's just so much. <laughs> and if you, you didn't see the face that Ian just made, it was, whew. It looked like somebody was like trying to cut your ear off and sticking salt in your eyes. That was the facial expression by him. So let's take a quick break, come back. More Ian St. Clair on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's wrap up the show with Ian here. Ian's back on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Um, Broncos, oh yeah, there's some Broncos talk, right? I mean, we got to we got to throw it in there, even though it's the off season. Of course, Aaron Rodgers said nothing on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Um, you've got the defensive coordinators and the the offensive coordinator talking, and Justin Outen's the one I want to talk to you about the new OC, he was asked about Drew Locke. He said he's got a powerful arm. He mentioned his athleticism, and he's doing a good job of using his legs. Drew Locke, as much as you and I find it um, appalling that he would even be in the mix here, he's really in the mix for week one, isn't he? No? No, I I don't think so. I think that's just a coordinator who has to talk about it because he's the only quarterback on the roster right now. And and you'll notice the one thing that he didn't talk about was his accuracy. So (laughs) there's still that. I mean, I'm glad he has a great arm and he can do stuff with his legs. He still can't complete a pass on any sort of reliable or necessary level. So I I don't think he's going to be the quarterback. I think... We'll we'll find out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned he didn't mention anything, at least in terms of what he's going to do with his decision, but it definitely didn't leave anyone in Broncos country cleansed. Uh, I'm included in that. Uh, we're still waiting on an on on an on an announcement from him. Hopefully, it comes this week. But I I do think whether it's they get Aaron Rodgers, they find out what's going on with Russell Wilson. Adam Schefter tweeted on. Wednesday that he has not informed the Seahawks that he wants to be traded. So if that doesn't happen, it's hard to imagine that the Seahawks would trade him if he doesn't want to be. Um, So we'll see what happens. But I do not think Drew Locke is going to be the quarterback, whether it's some form of Jimmy Garoppolo or God help us, Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston. I, I I, I think the quarterback 
who lines up to start week one is not on the roster right now for the Denver Broncos. I mean, I'm just trying to set the lines here. And I think because Locke is the only one on the roster, he gets it at plus 300. Rodgers plus 400, a rookie QB plus 400, Jimmy G plus 400, Teddy Bridgewater plus 400. I don't really understand how else to set these lines here. It's like the wild, wild west. So I think there's a better shot of Drew Locke being the starting quarterback week one than Aaron Rodgers just because he's on the roster right now. Okay. Yeah, I totally understand that. But I don't, I, I think Drew Locke is going to be a trade piece for getting the next quarterback, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Russell Wilson. I don't think Drew Locke is going to be on the team. I, even if he's not, Included in the trade for a quarterback, he's going to be traded at some point. I do not think Drew Locke will be on the roster come September. Hmm. So he's not on the roster, then you handicap it with me. So is Aaron Rodgers the favorite? Is a rookie huh. quarterback the favorite? Jimmy G? Bridgewater's not coming back. Who's the favorite in your eyes? I, I honestly I don't have a favorite. I because until we know what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and I aside from doing twelve day cleanses, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I mean, obviously you can pick any side. Green Bay and the Green Bay media and fans think he's coming back. You could look at it from a Denver perspective about how he could be coming here because he loves Nathaniel Hackett and all that. I, I'm done reading tea leaves. Just make a decision. And I don't think anyone knows what he's going to do because I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows what he's going to do. If he uh, if he does, he has not let it be known yet because as soon as he does, it is going to get leaked. It's not going to be something where he's going to drop a bomb on the Pat McAfee show, which he didn't do on Tuesday. So until Aaron Rodgers makes a decision, I don't think we can label it as a favorite because that's holding everything up. Until he makes a decision... I can't pick a favorite. I would say that the skeptic in me is going to lean along the lines of Jameis Winston and or Ugh. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm yeah. sick to my stomach right now. You yeah, just said Jameis Winston. It's almost illegal to say that on this show. You could say like a really bad word instead of him, and we'll just bleep it out. That's how sick it makes me that you say that. Well, um, okay. Stick over Jimmy Garoppolo because there's this. I don't know if people on social media, if you're on social media, if those listening to the show have seen it, but there's a, a funny clip of Drew Barrymore on Saturday Night Live where she introduces garbage and she says, Ladies and gentlemen, the very sexy garbage. And the tweet above it just says, Jimmy Garoppolo. <sighs> and that's absolutely true. I mean, that, like they, this place is just going to be in garbage. a massive. I think we've talked about this, how downtrodden the fan base is going to be if it's not Aaron Rodgers at this point or or Russell Wilson I mean that's basically it's not going to be Russell Wilson I'm telling you man I know but it's still out there I'm just I'm just throwing out there what's out there but yeah you're right if it's not Aaron Rodgers there are going to be a lot of depressed Broncos fans who are already depressed uh let's let's put a smile on our face then cheese Bill Walton gushes over Nikola Jokic. He loves Jokic. He's in GQ last year. I saw an interview a few years ago where he was. He said he loved him. And now at the All-Star game, he said, he is Colorado. He's a pioneer. He's an innovator. 
He's a creator of a new and better path to tomorrow. That was a really bad Bill Walton impress uh, impersonation. But do you have a Bill Walton impersonation, by the way? I do not. I, I, You're not going to go out and do I, it? I think I have to talk up before I do a Bill Walton impression. But oh, I, wow. <laughs> Woo. I, 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 but I will say it's nice to have somebody actually gushing over him as opposed to finding ways to discredit what he does on the basketball court, and especially from people who clearly do not watch him on the basketball court. So it, it's nice to actually have somebody gushing over Nikola Jokic and realizing how special he is. Well, that gets to a bigger point. That, that gets to a bigger point. I'm not going to bring up the national talk show host who is dissing. I, I refuse to say his name. Yeah, I, uh, he's very good at what he does, but... Charles Barkley told me this one time. Charles Barkley is one of the guys we're talking about, and I respect his opinion. I really do. Uh, he's just wrong when it comes to Nikola Jokic. But he said, "There's only you can't be an expert at like four sports. There's only one you can be an expert at. Now, I think when you're betting, you can be good at more than one sport, right? But you've got a lot of talking heads, like the the idiot on." Uh, ESPN that just yells and screams and for some reason has a massive following. These guys don't watch much sports. They really don't. Like when it comes down to it, think about what they do. They wake up early in the morning. They're doing all this stuff. They're, maybe they watch a game a night. Maybe. maybe. And you're telling me that that game a night is going to be the Denver Nuggets for them? I'm serious. I don't think these dudes have watched more than maybe two Nikola Jokic games a year during the regular season. And I honestly say that. So don't get, first of all, you shouldn't be watching this stuff. It makes you dumber. Like you're, you're a dumber person for watching this stuff. It takes you hours for your brain cells to like regenerate after watching this. Second of all, don't take it seriously. Don't get upset about it. It's just guys. It, I've been there before. I've been asked to talk about six different sports at one time. So you got to sit there. You got to dig in and do stuff and come up with a, an opinion that is not fully formed because you don't have all the evidence you need. I, I go back to the legendary Dick Schaap, who is one of my idols as a young sports writer. He used to write in New York. He, he said, don't be great at anything, at one thing, be good at many things. And I think you can be, you can be a fan of multiple sports and have an opinion on it, but you have to watch it consistently. You can't be somebody on a national level and not watch Nikola Jokic and have an opinion on Nikola Jokic. It just comes yeah. across as stupid. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I think the main person who is responsible for this is Skip Bayless, who has led to this level of... You said a name. I you did. said a name. I was talking about the other one. He, he But he he's the one who spearheaded all of this to what it currently is. And it, it's just... It, it's a game. It's a game for them. It's who can come up with the most outrageous take because they constantly have to outdo the other one to continue to be that hot take mm -hmm. artist. And that's what it's come to. It's not about knowledgeable sports talk. It's not about having a debate. It's not because every fan is going to have a different opinion. Just look at Broncos fans going back to Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and now with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. There's going to be different takes, but there's a way to do it where you come across as knowledgeable and not just full of hot air and other stuff. But <laughs> it's it, it, the thing that disappoints me, and this goes on a completely higher level, is just the lack of respect for Denver Nuggets. I mean, I, the fact that Alex English was left off the yep. NBA 75 team 
It's no wonder Nikola Jokic doesn't get the credit he does because one of the greatest basketball players to ever put on shoes and step on a court didn't get the recognition that he deserves for being one of the greatest players in NBA history. The greatest scorer in the 1980s was not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was not Larry Bird. It was not Magic Johnson. It was Alex English. And he didn't make the NBA 75 team. So it's no wonder Nikola Jokic doesn't get the credit he deserves. Alex English versus Carmelo Anthony. Who's on the top 75? Alex English. Without Not even close. Not, I, not I, I even. And I was saying this the other night. Alex English over Nikola Jokic. Paugus, or, or over, over Nikola Jokic. Over um, Carmelo Anthony. You've got... Dame Lillard. <sighs> I would take, I mean, Alex English, the only reason he doesn't get the credit he deserves is because he didn't play or win an NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And that's well, neither did Carmelo. Exactly. So, I, I mean, the thing that I don't understand is he was so good in the 80s, and he literally did everything on the basketball court as a small forward. Yeah. He His shot, I, if you haven't seen highlights of Alex English's shot, Holy smoke. It gives me chills just talking about it because of how smooth he was. And the thing about Alex English is he made it look so easy, which is what great players do. Michael Jordan made it look so easy. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, no matter what sport, the greats make it look easy. And Alex English made it look easy. He did make it look easy. He made it look great. And I still say Pau Gasol. Alex English, there's a couple other guys that deserve to be in over Carmelo Anthony alone. You know, and I, Carmelo Anthony to me is one of the most overrated NBA players in the history of the game. He's a scorer, and that was it. You know, he never led his team anywhere. Now, you can make that argument about Alex English that he never led his team to the championship, but I would say, what, what would, let me ask you the question then. What's the argument, another big argument with, Car, with Alex English over Carmelo? Give me the big argument there why Alex English should be in. You you said it. Complete basketball player. Alex yeah. English did it all. I, I remember talking to George Carl and, and hearing George Carl talk. One of the things that George Carl said was Carmelo Anthony was not a complete basketball player because he didn't play defense. He didn't rebound. He didn't do that stuff. All Carmelo Anthony cared about was scoring. And that's fine. He was a great scorer, but he wasn't a complete basketball player. Alex English was a complete basketball player. Alex English could do it all, and he was the best on the floor, whatever it was he was doing. That's how good Alex English was. And for the argument that he didn't win a championship, he did go up against the Showtime Lakers of James Worthy, Magic Johnson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And and in one of the series that he went up against those Lakers, he didn't have his best players because they got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just keep looking at Carmelo's teams. Like, all right, the Denver teams here. Eh, you probably enjoyed the Denver teams here. And then he goes to the Knicks. He does absolutely uh, nothing getting them to where they need to go. They even go to the playoffs. I mean, I so. with the not Knicks. Huh? I don't think they did in New York. No, he should not have because that organization was such a dump. Or it still is. It still is. Like, you think the Broncos are dysfunctional. Go look at what the Knicks did. Here we go. Yeah, he had one, two, three, four appearances with the Knicks. Um, and they got out of the first round one time. He just, his teams never did anything in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's a big thing. He didn't make everybody around him better. He just scored a lot of points. 
That was Carmelo Anthony. And in the Western Conference Finals in 2009 against Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, I mean, in that that showdown, Carmelo Anthony didn't rise to the occasion. And obviously Kobe Bryant did because Kobe Bryant was an all-timer. But even in that, that was his instant. That was his chance to get a team over the top, and he didn't do it. And I, whether that's his fault or he didn't have the pieces behind him to help overcome what Kobe Bryant and the Lakers had, but yeah, <laughs> but just <laughs> but hey, man, um, the numbers like where are the numbers as far as handle goes. I I always go to playcolorado.com. I'm waiting for it. Uh, we got March Madness coming up. Ever since we actually talked about how big the NBA was, I have been devoting time to the Nuggets, but now even more time to the Nuggets because I did not realize that it was really as big as it is. So where are we with the NBA? Where How did the Super Bowl go? We're, we haven't found the numbers for the Super Bowl yet, have we? No, the Division of Gaming hasn't released the numbers yet. They should come this week, I, I would say, before the end of the month. I, I think it's going to be what other states have had. I think it, for those who, who listen, you can get a really good indication of what Colorado will do when you look at Indiana. They're very similar states in terms of population, in terms of uh, betting numbers. So what Indiana typically does, Colorado is usually in that same vicinity, whether it's a little below or a little above it. I think it's going to come close to $500 million for the month, but we'll see. That might be a little bit high on my end. But a lot of it's going to depend upon what the Super Bowl did, the interest that was there. I wonder how much there was for Von Miller and whether that got NFL fans, Broncos fans in particular, interested in it. We know how many Californians are moving to Colorado. So whether or not they were interested in the Rams or not, the excitement for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So that, that's going to be the key. I, I think the NBA betting has proven to be a consistent driver for this market. What's going to be interesting is the Super Bowl, and and not just the Super Bowl, but the playoff run in general, because it was, if not the greatest playoffs in NFL history, it was right up at the top with that, that run of games after Wild Card Weekend with Divisional Weekend and Championship Weekend. It was a run of just amazing football over that two-week stretch. So that's going to be another key too is what does the Super Bowl do? What does all that other stuff lead up to it in terms of betting handle for the month? All right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out. My friend, always good to talk with you. Please plug the website, plug the Twitter, plug everything that you're doing. PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for news analysis features and not just stuff on the, the gambling business, but all things that potential betters could be interested in, entertainment, stuff like that, to help make you a safer and smarter better. You can follow me at Ian St. Clair on the Twitter machine. I do Broncos stuff and a Broncos podcast at milehighreport.com. And you can follow Play Colorado at Colorado underscore play on Twitter. Love it. Mr. St. Clair, thank you so much for hopping on. Again, best bet tonight for the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. We're going to go with Wyoming plus six and a half. If you want to take a money line bet, I don't advise taking a minus 200 more money line bet. That's fine if you want to put it on the Rams. For Ian, and of course, 
Mr. Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5, and our producer, Stephen. I appreciate it. My name is Holden Kushner. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio, and this has been another presentation of VEASAN's Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.